0: Welcome to the Tally Podcast. I'm Ben Rowley. Today I'm talking about the Ride Council election. My guest today is Rose Tarossian. Rose is a local Ride resident who closely follows local council matters. Hello, Rose.
1: Hi, Ben. How are you today?
0: Good, thank you. So Ride Council has 12 councillors elected from three wards uh, and the mayor is elected by the council. Labor has led the council since 2017. Uh, That election saw a swing to the left where both Labor and the Greens gained seats. And between the two of them, they now have half the seats on the council, or at least they did at the time of the last election. And we might get into that. The electoral system makes it relatively easy for both Labor and Liberal to win three seats each with the remaining six seats in play, both for Labor and Liberal to pick up extra seats, but also for Greens and independents and other contenders. Rose, what are the main issues at play in this local election?
1: Well, the two main issues that are at play at this uh, election is firstly the referendum question about whether to vote yes or no to a popularly elected mayor. And the second issue is a civic centre redevelopment known as the New Heart of Ride. Um, So both are controversial and both are going to be the two main issues Uh, that are going to uh, either work to Labor's favour or possibly uh, lead to their demise.
0: So RIDE's going to be having a referendum on having a directly elected mayor. Do you know, are they planning on changing the number of councillors? Because, like, are they adding one extra councillor who would be a mayor or would they have to change the structure of the rest of the council?
1: On 12 December 2019, uh, Councillor Roy Maggio uh, put forward the idea of a popularly elected mayor. So what he wanted done was to ask um, all the constituents whether um, they wanted uh, a referendum on on that question. And he suggested to council that a postal survey be done. And what happened in that meeting was that Mayor uh, Jerome Laxell uh, from the Labour Party actually said, Well, why don't we just have a referendum? Like, why don't we just do a referendum? And then uh, the question itself would be resolved. We would have it directly from the mouths of the constituents, whether they do or not. And come uh, the 2024 council election, uh, we'll be able to, you know, if they say yes, we'll be able to then have a popularly elected mayor. So, what happened was uh, that was. Um, Uh, put in in favour of of, uh, Mayor Jerome Laxell and then uh, 15 of December 2020 they reconvened and they discussed the referendum question regarding the popular election of Mayor again and what happened was um, council was required to advise the New South Wales Electoral Commission as soon as possible if council intended to undertake a referendum um, part of the 2021 local government election so for clarity council actually reaffirmed its uh, desire to um, have the referendum as part of the local government election and what happened uh coming to your question about um uh whether they should have a greater number of councillors on on, um, council or not. Jordan Lane, councillor Jordan Lane actually put that question forward and said, well, why can't we ask um, the constituents whether we can have 15 councillors? And he also wanted to no longer have any wards. And so he wanted that question put forward too. And
0: Jordan Lane's a Liberal councillor, right?
1: He is. Jordan Lane's a Liberal councillor. So he he actually had um, two of these questions added and they uh, voted on it. The Mayor, uh, Jerome Laxell, was not in favour and there were a considerable number of other councillors who weren't in favour either.
0: Not in favour of, of either referendum?
1: Of either of the two questions put forward by uh, Councillor uh, uh, Lane, which was, one, not to have any wards, Uh, and two to have 15 councillors on council so both those decisions were defeated and so uh, the mayor um, came back to the original question uh, to see whether it would pass and the original question was um, uh, to proceed with the desire to have a referendum asking the constituents whether they wanted to have a popularly elected mayor and the wording of um that they put forward actually addresses your question so the question is do you support a popularly elected mayor where the voters of the city of ride elect the mayor for a four-year term thereby adopting a 13 councilor model including the mayor
0: right so so there would be the wards would stay the same you just add an extra councilor who would be the mayor which by the way uh, my last podcast I was recording covered um, Um, Wollongong and and Shoalhaven and they both have exactly that model they both have three wards four councillors plus a mayor so uh, it's a it's a reason and it was the model in uh, Fairfield too until this election when they're moving to two wards so it's not a very uncommon model actually because it's um it's hard to have more than 13 councillors while having a mayor because you have to have council wards the same size um so you can't, have, you can't have 14 councillors um, with a mayor because the other 13, that's a prime number unless you do what that Liberal councillor did and you abolish all the wards. But um, I don't believe we have any councils that big that have a mayor and no wards. But um, yeah, so, so that will be up for, for election. And it sounds like was, it, was there a general agreement in the end about having a vote on a directly elected mayor
1: the, the councillors who voted against it was Brown Lane, Margio, Kim and I can't recall who else now. But it wasn't that all 12 um, sitting councillors voted in favour of uh, a referendum.
0: Right. So it was mostly the councillors that work with the current mayor who supported the mayoral vote.
1: Mostly, yes.
0: Okay, cool. Well, let's focus a bit back on the understanding the context of the council. So we're having a referendum on a directly elected mayor that was supported by the current mayor and uh, largely was opposed by some of the conservatives on council, some of the liberal councillors and some of the other independents.
1: What I want to get to, though, more importantly, is um, on the 27th of April 2021, the governance team and the executive team returned um, to council and... Told council uh, what they needed to do in in terms of um, publicising uh, the the referendum to to their constituents, and what has happened is that not one councilor, um, including the mayor, uh, that they have not publicised it.
0: So it hasn't really got a lot of attention. People probably aren't paying a great deal of attention. It's not really clear. How much it's going to be a focus of the council election?
1: There'll be a choice for whoever the candidate is for the mayoral position. They will have the choice of either putting themselves down as mayor only, or putting themselves down as uh, as being as being you know elected as mayor and also being elected as a councilor. So,
0: and that is a much more common, almost universal right, which is that people who get elected as mayor are also running for council, and then. The um, effectively the next person on their ticket takes their seat uh, because the votes flow down, and so it's kind of a bonus seat for whoever wins the mayor.
1: Yeah, and that's the game that Jerome is basically playing. Um, you know, I'm not criticising that game. It's quite smart of him. Uh, he's actually he was he was uh, he secured seven thousand three hundred sixty eight votes um, above the quota uh, last time. So the quota was 3,719 and he secured, based on first preferential votes, he secured 7,368 votes. So he knows that he will be elected as a popular mayor uh, quite easily. And as a result, he will bring up not just one uh, other Labor Party candidate from his group, he may bring up two or three other Labor candidates Uh, party candidates
0: Uh, at the moment um, and maybe we should get into this the current mayor is relatively popular and is in a pretty strong position Um, but whoever that will be in the future it does kind of give a give a vote bonus to that side in terms of having a controlling position on the council and one of the things we were talking about in the context of Wollongong was if Labour wins the mayoralty in Wollongong they'll have a majority the voting system where you have four councillors per ward, it's very hard to get a third councillor for one party. It's easier to get two if you're in a strong position so that mayoralty can get you that extra one vote you need to have a majority. So whoever whoever it will be, it, it does add a little bit of a majoritarian element to an otherwise proportional system. So what do we know so far? We know that um, Riot is having a mayoral referendum um, it's been supported by the current Labor mayor. Presumably, Labor will be supporting it at the election. Uh, it sounds like at least some of the Liberal councillors and some of the independents were opposed. So, so it may be we're we expecting it to be contentious at the election time. That we'll be having some groups supporting the referendum and other people opposing it.
1: Oh, definitely, yes. Yes, uh, that will happen, uh, obviously, because, as you said, the Liberals are not supporting it. Uh, Some of the independents are are not supporting it because, in reality, if you have a a popular mayoral vote, it really is people who have a lot of money that can uh, campaign well in those circumstances. So you will most likely never, ever see an independent get up um, without, like, party backing. Uh, get up um, as a popularly elected mayor. Y- you'd see the two major parties having uh, one of their candidates uh, elected as a popular mayor.
0: I mean, there are places where you do get other people elected as mayor, but they tend to have a high profile. It does definitely change the dynamic. And one of the things that is on my list to analyse before the election happens, I may go up before this podcast is published, is... Um, looking a little bit more about the dynamics of directly elected mayors, both um, how they affect the proportionality of a council, which is one element um, that may come into effect in ride, and it's an issue in places like Wollongong, but also the dynamic when you get a mayor elected who doesn't have the support of the council. Um, It does change things. You know, uh, Shoalhaven has a Greens mayor, but um, has a majority of conservatives on the council. You have a a similar situation somewhere like Fairfield Whereas when you have a mayor that's elected by the council, it's much more like a, a parliamentary system, right, where you, um, whoever is the mayor is in that position because they have the support of the council. And it does, I can see the appeal of having a clear mayor and not having the back and forth that you have in terms of the annual mayoral elections, although I would point out that Ride has had um, a clear dominant mayoral figure for four years despite uh, not having a direct election. But it does mean you're locked into a mayor who may or may not be in a position to effectively lead the council.
1: Exactly, yep. And also, um, like we, with Right City Council, they elect a mayor every two years. So if we if the people elect the mayor, it will be for every four years and it, it will sort of be a situation where uh, they'll take the person on face value but sadly if uh, it turns out that the the mayor is not such a great uh, guy or girl, there's nothing that the electors can do up until four years later, so it's more, in my opinion, I'm going to vote no because, um, and I'm, I'm, you won't find anyone that's more, more pro democracy than I am, um, and I've always believed that the votes need to be put in the hands of the um, electors and not in the hands of the politicians, so to speak. But in this circumstance, what worries me is that. I'd rather have um, like a a collaborative uh, decision made by all councillors on council from different parties or um, as independents as to who should be mayor. Um, I feel it's more democratic, even though technically I'm putting my decision, my vote into the hands of all those different uh, participants, you know, councillors. But I think it's uh, the best decision to do so. You've seen that happen on council many times and on right City Council, irrespective of which political party they're from. Um, you will find that sometimes they'll vote for uh, the Liberal Party member, will, will vote for the Labor Party member to become mayor.
0: Mayoral elections can work in many different ways, um, but direct elections tend to make them work in a in a much different way some councils are very partisan anyway whoever's on council but yeah and there'll be a lot more about that on the blog well let's let's get back to the other issues with right so you talked a little bit about the issues but it sounds like your take is you're expecting the kind of there's currently effectively a progressive majority a labor-led majority on the council and you're expecting that to happen again in this election That there'll be enough labor greens maybe some independents that will um give them a majority?
1: I think the Labor Council laws have done extremely uh, well. Um, the the But as I said, these two issues might be their undoing. Um, so it's just, it's a matter of like waiting and seeing what the voters have to say. You know, the Greens have done extremely well. Um, so I, I can't place a fault um, in, in terms of like, uh, I, I guess, you know, it, even uh, when uh, Councillor Clifton was in, in the position representing the Greens, uh, there was nothing where, you know, um, you could say that she she did something that was um, unpopular in, in terms of her decision. So um, she she represented the Greens well for the time that she was there. And when she went to the Labor Party, she represented them well um, in in terms of uh, being a Labor councillor?
0: So at the last election, just to run through the wards a bit, there are three wards. There's a central ward, an east ward and a west ward, and they're all kind of like north-south strips down the uh, council. Um, And Labor won, uh, well, Labor and Liberal each won a single seat in each ward and then won a second seat in one ward each. Uh, So in the central ward, the Liberal Party won a second in the West Ward, Labor won a second, and then uh, there were two Independents and two Greens. Um, in the West Ward, though, one of the—that's uh, one of the wards that's oh you'd have to say is in play because that's where Labor won their fourth seat in uh, twenty seventeen, um, and it's also where the Greens didn't win a seat. And you were just saying before we went on air, uh, Rose, that um, so Peter Kim was the Labor councillor for that ward. He's now an Independent. And running as an independent and um that ward is a, has a relatively large korean population
1: yes it does it has a a very large korean po- population sorry uh, uh in eastwood uh, you'd find that uh half of uh, the population there is of chinese descent and and the other half of the population is of korean uh, descent and um you, you'd find that the the Number one candidates in each political party um, tend to have uh, candidates that uh, are from those ethnicities, basically.
0: Labor has been in a position uh, where they have effectively had the support of some Greens and some independents.
1: Well, Councillor Clifton was a Greens candidate and uh, went over to Labor, so Currently, Councillor uh, Christopher Gordon is uh, the only Greens uh, councillor and Penderson Purcell are uh, from the Labor Party and uh, Councillor Simon Simon Zhu is actually a, an independent but tends to vote, um, uh, I'd say, closely aligned with the, with the Labor Party.
0: You mentioned the development of the new Civic Centre being a big issue. Where does that fall down in terms of the, the different parties and, and where they're going to be standing on that issue in the election?
1: Okay, so basically with the Civic uh, Centre redevelopment, uh, you will find that the Liberals are against that development. You will find that uh, Councillor Roy Maggio, who's an independent, and Councillor Peter Kim, who's now also an independent, are against the the proposal. The redevelopment has actually um, gone ahead, but it will cost the constituents a hundred a hundred million dollars, and um, the Liberals are or, are claiming that. Uh, the Labor Party has already created uh, $60 million uh, dollars of debt uh, for the right constituents, for for the ratepayers. payers. And they basically said that there was nothing wrong with the original council building and that it should have been heritage listed. Um, I know that Jerome Laxell did go uh, to the Minister Don Harwin and also to the New South Wales uh, Heritage and... Uh, to the New South Wales Heritage Council as well. And when uh, New South Wales Heritage Council and New South Wales Heritage undertook an assessment, they found that it was highly unlikely uh, that the civic centre, the old civic centre, would be listed as state heritage. Um, So that sort of gave Jerome Laxell the green light in terms of putting a motion forward to council. Uh, He used his casting vote, so therefore the development is happening as we speak. But what uh, the Liberals are concerned about, what the two independents are also concerned about is that currently council is renting uh, an office block in north ride and that already costs them 2.5 million dollars a year and so they're saying considering that payment the 2.5 million a year considering the current debt of 60 million dollars how is it that the rate payers or or ride council how is it that they're going to be able to pay 100 million dollars in terms of the new uh, civic centre that's being built.
0: Right. So the the amount of um, spending and the level of spending is going to be a big issue in the election um, in terms of uh, those new developments and how much they want to invest and, and borrow for that. So that's about it for this episode of the Tally Room podcast. Thank you, Rose, for joining me. Thank you. You can find this podcast on your podcast app of choice. If you like the show, please consider rating or reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow The Tally Room on Twitter at The Tally Room or like us on Facebook. This podcast is made possible thanks to the generous support of our donors on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com tallyroom. Information about this podcast is available at tallyroom.com.au and you can email our questions or feedback to thetallyroom at gmail.com. Thanks to Chris DeBro for writing the music you hear in this episode. Once again, thanks for listening.